everybody. Welcome to Board Game Cantina. I'm John. I'm Bridget. And this is another sort of pre-launch bonus episode that we're going to do. And we're going to talk a little bit about the environment that we're filming this video podcast in. We're creating our first several episodes in anticipation of May the 4th, which is when we're going to go live with it. And we've already gotten a few questions from friends and family about what the heck is going on in this room, because this used to be our dining room. <laughs> yes, it's still our dining room. Now it's our dining room slash studio. Yeah, we can still dine in here. Yeah. When we first started talking about doing a podcast, the first question was, where are we going to do the podcast in the house? And there are very few options. Yep. I didn't actually think of the dining room initially because the ceiling's a little high for this kind of thing, mm -hmm. audio-wise. Found some good mics, had a lot of good recommendations from friends. A lot of stuff's kind of industry standard now. There's so many people doing podcasts that that was the nice thing is a lot of stuff's pretty dialed in already. All you have to do is kind of follow the recipe. We have a few friends who do um, video podcasts and they make it look like a lot of fun. Some that have been a big um, inspiration for us and actually the source of a lot of nice help and teaching and advice is Princess and Scoundrel. They're part of the Think the Maker podcast network, which is part of our daily routine in the morning when we're commuting. We love to listen to those episodes. And Sarah and Steven from Princess and Scoundrel really have a high bar for quality. And so that really kind of inspired us to think about what could we do um, with our environment. Another friend of mine, Aaron Jacobs, has a podcast where he talks a lot about how to be on camera. It's kind of in the context of the business world. And he's the person who really introduced me to the concept of the curated background, as he calls it. And that was an idea that really sort of got into my head during the pandemic. I was not used to being on camera for work. Like I would do a lot of calls, hadn't given any thought whatsoever to my background. And as we saw during the COVID time period, people were just kind of doing their calls from wherever. And I put a lot of thought into Star Wars. You and I have had a lot of great discussions about Star Wars. Felt natural to just put a little bit more intentionality into what do we want the environment to be like that will hopefully inspire us and our guests to have cool conversations about Star Wars when we're playing board games, drinking cocktails, and um, hopefully talking with you. Um, if you're watching our episodes. So we made a point of documenting the process and we're going to have a look at some time lapse of what we did in this room because it went from being a very beige box, mm -hmm. which is how it came. We had a, some artwork up that we liked, mm -hmm. um, but not much else. Yeah. And so I think the first thing we did actually was to get a piece of paper and a pencil and draw out how exactly we wanted the room to look. Yeah. And you solved a problem I couldn't solve <laughs> in that respect. A, a big emphasis in the room is these lightsabers. This became a little bit of an obsession during the last year or two. Galaxy's Edge at Disney theme parks began selling really nice lightsaber replicas. In my younger years, the only companies that made lightsaber replicas were making them at a price point that I was never going to be able to afford. So Disney really sort of like opened up a rabbit hole there. We started getting really interested in the lore behind the lightsabers. Each one kind of has a little story arc that it goes through. Some of them change hands multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I found myself asking questions that it had never occurred to me to ask until I could hold them and look at them up close. 
details in the design start to imply things that one character may have learned from watching another character use their lightsaber. There's a book that I'll put in the show notes that um, it's one of the best things I've ever bought. It was $15 and it has the story of what's going on with each lightsaber over the course of its life. Pretty much every major character you can think of is represented in their gorgeous big photos. Some of the pages fold out. And um, yeah, my youngest sort of inspired some of this for me because he got interested in why was Kylo Ren's lightsaber so jagged? Why did he introduce the cross guard element? Honestly, I hadn't really thought about it. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> he did it because it looks cool. Yeah. I <laughs> and that, Honestly, that answer was probably good enough for me. Yeah. I didn't understand there was a whole backstory to that lightsaber. And yeah. so they're treating them almost like a character, mm-hmm. each one. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I appreciate about being able to play board games with you, have cocktails with you on a Friday night when we finally hit the weekend, we can stop thinking about work for a bit. Mm-hmm is it's a chance to work on developing our relationship. And I think a thing I've heard you mention a lot is that what really connected you to Star Wars the most is learning about the relationships and thinking about what's going on with those characters. Mm -hmm. Does that seem accurate? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah. So we, as we started thinking about this room, we were like, maybe that's what we should be showcasing. Because in a way, each lightsaber sort of represents the relationship that that character has with the characters around them. Mm Mm-hmm. In some degree. So we looked at our lightsaber collection and we kind of had them all over the house in different rooms and different floor. We have two floors and thought maybe like there's a way to show how they connect to each other. Yes. And like an obvious one is to think about the teaching lineage. You know, I went through a martial arts phase when I was younger. There's a lot of pride taken by the students in what is the lineage of teachers who taught whom. Mm hmm. And how are they all connected? In a lot of cases, they can trace their their own teacher all the way back to somebody who was really formative in the creation of some aspect of the art. Mm-hmm. And some of that kind of makes its way into Star Wars. Yeah. And we wanted to tell a story in, in that way mm-hmm. with this wall we have displayed behind us, the story of the relationships between the Jedi and the Master and the Apprentice and the Padawan. We knew how many lightsabers we had and... We knew we wanted them on this wall and we knew we had this much space for each one. How are we going to map that out? Yeah. Easier said than done. I tried three or four times. Maybe that was my problem as I was trying instead of just doing. <laughs> I actually gave up in frustration one evening and went out to run some errands and came home and you had solved it, which was a pretty wonderful moment. It really came down to a math problem of the dimensions of each of these, the stands that they need to sit on, Mm -hmm. the shelves that we knew would be enough to hold them. Mm -hmm. We were trying to go for a nice clean look so they'd all sort of match, but that really turns into like a certain number of inches and a certain amount of spacing. And to still keep those relationships intact, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. That's too bad because that would have been really great. And Mm -hmm. also keep it sort of above the level. So you can see it. Actually see it on camera. Yeah, you don't want it below None of the other stuff we've done in this house has had to worry about how does it look on camera. Right. This is sort of a new wrinkle for us. And we're starting (laughs) to think in those terms a little bit more. Yeah. So that really meant a lot to me that you cracked that one. Mm -hmm. Great job. Let's take a quick look at the, what happened in this room. This is our bare room. 
We wanted an accent wall. Yeah. And we knew the color. We have this color of wall in another part of our house. That's an accent wall. Yeah, that was brilliant because we already had that paint. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I had not thought about that blue in here because I think at one point we were going to maybe do like a half wall or something mm -hmm. like that or some stripes or something to sort of continue what's in the room next to it. Mm-hmm. But... Then we kind of started putting together a brand and a little bit of a color palette for Board Game Cantina. And that color blue was pretty close. And you had the, this brilliant idea of like, what if that's our accent wall at the back of the room? And then we'll just do this lightsaber layout there. Mm -hmm. We had this artwork on the walls in other rooms. This is a painting on canvas of Maul and Ahsoka from season seven of the Clone Wars when they have their big climactic battle. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very colorful. And yeah. The, the, the colors are amazing. Mm -hmm. The fact that... Oh, there's Darth Vader. Darth, <laughs> Darth, <laughs> Darth Vader didn't make the cut. <laughs> awesome Black Series helmet. We thought that yeah. one was going to be on display in here, but mm -hmm. um, Ahsoka kind of wins every time for us. Yeah, it's, we sort of noticed that there was a theme that started to emerge um, with Ahsoka Tano, the her colors, the orange and the blue. And um, so we ended up putting her lightsaber, her lightsabers on that stand. Yeah, her, it's her Rebels era mm -hmm. lightsabers that are white because she's not necessarily aligned with the Jedi anymore. Mm -hmm. Fantastic storyline. If, any, if anybody's watching and has not watched The Clone Wars and Rebels, it takes a while. Hopefully a, we didn't just spoil anything It's a long-term project, man. <laughs> yeah, hope this is not a good place to be in general, probably, if you are yeah. you got aspects of Star Wars you haven't watched. We'll try to be a little bit careful about that as we get into the mm -hmm. discussions about things that happen outside the movies. But we'll just say Ahsoka goes through a lot of interesting changes over the course of her life. And to get to see her at all different stages is pretty great. You can see the day-night cycle happening outside the window a few times. <laughs> yeah, this did, it took a while to do. It took weeks to yeah. put this room together. It's probably about a month and a half. We're kind of in the same work clothes every time, so it sort of comes off looking like it's mm -hmm. all happening in one day. But, but we both have full-time jobs, and it, it's just impossible to do anything during during the week because we have to we commute quite a ways yeah. from our jobs. Pretty long days. And mm -hmm. so really it's, this is weekend effort over the course of about a month and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it crossed our minds to do this podcast until maybe January. Yeah. Princess and Scoundrel did an episode where they talked about how did they start doing theirs. That's an awesome story that um, is very enviable. <laughs> like they had an <laughs> incredible life experience that led to that. And it, I came away from listening to that episode feeling like, well, Maybe we could do something like that. Had friends and family over the years say, man, you play so many board games. Why don't you do a channel about that? Yeah. And it kind of just sounded like a lot of work. I was like, I don't want to take something I love and I'm passionate about and turn it into something that feels like a new obligation. Mm -hmm. Got plenty of those as it is. But watching them do it made it seem really fun and really like a source of joy in their lives. I'm sure it's a lot of work for them that we don't get to see also, but the end result is so delightful to watch. I thought, man, if we can capture even like a tiny portion of that, it would feel really good. Let's just try it and see what our version 
yeah. of talking about Star Wars with our friends. Let's see how much like, fun we can have with this. Yeah. Thinking about the lightsabers and how the they connect to one another, we wanted a way to sort of capture that visually. And so I came up with this idea of getting some tape, and we kind of had this blue and white theme, so I found this white tape online. We did a lot of measuring and experimenting with different ways of showing the connection. Like, does it come in from the top? Does it come in underneath? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you think of it like an org chart, they'd probably just go in between. Mm-hmm. This wall isn't big enough to do that. Mm-hmm. So you came up with some cool solutions for how to do that layout. Yeah. So I, I made the tape so that it's coming down from Yoda's lightsaber. And then we have Mace and we have Cal Kestis, who we, we wanted them to be displayed, but we don't have the lightsabers of who they're um, teachers are mm-hmm. their masters. So we know that Yoda's has the influence over pretty much all the Jedi. So we put him at the very top and then put Mace and Cal Kestis and the line is not connecting those two, but yeah. we know that Yoda Just, had some influence on them as Padawans. Sort sure, of a dotted, very least. Yeah. dotted line. A dotted line. Chart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the line goes all the way down to Count Dooku and then we see that with Dooku, we have Kwai Ganjin connected and Obi-Wan Kenobi connected. And we have a line going directly to Luke. Um, Probably one of my most embarrassing moments as a Star Wars fan. We were kind of wrapping this up and I was like, oh, it looks great. And you were like, hey, um, didn't Luke get a good dose of his teaching directly from Yoda? And we weren't showing that at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, Yep. Very important moment pretty, in the original series. Pretty important. <laughs> um, so good call on that one. Yeah. Thank you for catching that. Yeah. As we arrive at Obi-Wan, he's sort of central to everything. So we've got Obi-Wan's line connecting up to Anakin. And then Anakin goes on to teach Ahsoka, the Padawan that he takes on at the beginning of the Clone Wars storyline. Mm-hmm. T- plays out almost entirely in animation. And then we've got her two lightsabers up there from her Clone Wars time period. And then as a separate branch, Obi-Wan also, you know, he teaches Luke directly. So we've got Luke's lightsaber that he builds for himself in um, Return of the Jedi. And then Luke in the sequel films, we know he teaches Ben Solo, who becomes Kylo Ren. So we've got both lightsabers there together. And then Luke also teaches Rey, who uses the reforged Skywalker lightsaber after it gets split in two. And then ultimately, by the end of Rise of Skywalker, has built her own yellow lightsaber. Um, First time we see yellow outside of animation, which is really exciting. So we've got both of her lightsabers together there. But then we also know Luke taught Leia in a time period after Return of the Jedi that is only shown in flashback in Rise of Skywalker. So this is that lightsaber that we see in that film. And then we also got to see Leia teach Ray, So it gets a little tricky to try to show it. How do you show that? All yeah. of those interactions. You make those connections. Yeah. But those connections, they're important to me. They're one of the things that makes the world interesting to me. It's one of the things that I enjoy about the books, actually, because you get to read more about that in a lot of the books. Yep. So we tried to represent that with the tape. Yeah. yeah. It turned out so good. I'm thrilled with how it turned out. One of the questions I have, and you'll probably cut this out, but he wasn't Count Dooku when he was Qui-Gon Jinn's master, was he? He Did they call him Count Dooku? There's an element of him 
sort of being deprived of his birthright. He does come from royalty okay. on Sereno. And mm-hmm. I'll be the I'm a little fuzzy on the details but of the that, timing. So that lightsaber, would that be the same lightsaber he had as a Jedi? Or is that his Sith lightsaber? They released that lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge and they're selling it and it looks different and it's similar. It's similar shape, but mm-hmm. it's different enough that it feels like if it is the same one, he did a major overhaul on it mm-hmm. like Kylo Ren did. Mm-hmm. Or he was like, eh, I like that style. I'm going to kind of like do something similar with my next one and then ditch his original one. I don't think it's clear. I don't know if it's been addressed. Yeah. Because we have Count Dooku on there, but we don't have Darth, you know, what's his Darth? Um, Tyrannus. Tyrannus. Yep. Yeah. Um, because up until maybe a couple months ago, that was the only lightsaber. Yeah. And it was sold as as, as Count, Count Dooku. Dooku slash Darth Tyrannus. Oh, they did say Darth, Darth Tyrannus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to just mention is these beautiful framed art pieces. These were a gift that you gave me, mm-hmm. and it was one of the coolest gifts I've ever gotten. These were Jedi texts as though they had been rescued you know, either from the books in the tree or from the temple or something like that done by an Etsy artist. Yeah, it was on Etsy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great fan art on, on Etsy and it's fun just to browse and see what's out there. And I stumbled upon these and we can put a link in the show notes, but I don't think he's making these anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'll double check. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, awesome example of how if you browse for even just a few minutes on Etsy, you'll discover some of the most incredible artistic talent. (laughs) I also want to put a link in the show notes for the gentleman who makes these lightsaber stands. Mm -hmm. There's quite a few different ones you can choose from that people custom make now that 3D printing and laser etching and whatnot is a a thing. People are doing a lot of work with resin and acrylic. And um, he does incredible work. He actually makes multiple different styles. I sort of gravitated to his after trying a couple different ones. And he's located over in Thailand. So I thought, oh, if I order this, it's going to take three months to arrive because he first has to make it Mm -hmm. and then has to slowly get shipped over here. His shipping is really fast. So I want to highly recommend that seller. I'm going to put his name and his Etsy shop link in our notes so that if you're interested in doing something, you've got some lightsabers you want to show off. He's great to work with. Mm -hmm. Awesome communication, so forth. So thanks for watching this special pre-launch episode of Board Game Cantina. We're excited to just kind of share a little bit of our process with you in case you're maybe thinking about doing something similar in your life. What goes into it? We had a lot of help from great people who helped us. Wanted to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. That way you'll be ready on May the 4th. We're going to launch our first batch of episodes where we'll be playing board games, mixing up exotic intergalactic themed cocktails Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to have some really wonderful experiences together here in this room. So thanks for being a little bit patient with us while we get our lightsabers in a row. And we'll look forward to seeing you uh, here soon on our channel on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you.